Welcome back to The Pod and the Pendulum, the horror movie show that covers all the franchises, one movie in one episode at a time. As always, I'm your host, Mike Snoonian, and I've got a pair of fantastic co-hosts with me today. Up first, from Ghouls Magazine, the online publication committed to covering horror from a purely female perspective, Miss Ario Powershob. Ario, how are we again? Hey, doing great. You've made it back to dry land. Yes. I used to hate the water. I can't imagine why. Can't imagine why. Well, smile, you son of a... Well, we won't (laughs) curse you out this early. Also joining us from the Girls on the Boy... Sorry. Also joining us from the Girls on the Boys podcast, the Losers Club, and also brand spanking new to the co-host chair in Halloweenies. Welcome back again, Rachel Reeves. Rachel, how are we? Hey, doing good. You know, I just figured I wasn't potting nearly enough. Let's just mm-hmm. throw another <laughs> podcast in the and We love you for it. Thank you so much. Maybe you can settle a debate we had on the Jaws episode. Ooh. At one point, we posited who would win in like a Survivor Series style brawl between okay. the pod and the pendulum and Halloweenies. And my fear is like, as a host... <laughs> Gerber is six foot four and he's Mm -hmm. played a lot of sports and I used to wrestle, but things don't, I don't move quite like I once did. Um, So I think Gerber could take me out. No lie. Um, Yeah. But overall, we got Chewy. Rachel's like, yes. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. We got Chewy, who's a big guy, right? Mm -hmm. Who's a, might be too much of a gentle giant, but I think we could light a fire under his ass. Mm -hmm. And, Kuiper is a bodybuilder. Like, Kuiper gets ripped. I mean, the dude can, I think he, like, literally can deadlift a truck. Um, so I don't know. Like, the rest of the Halloween's crew, I don't fear too much. What do you think? I mean, Pod and Pendulum has out- Halloweenies outnumbered. We do. So there's that going for you. Um, I, I guess, would just be playing referee mm-hmm. <laughs> on both sides of football yeah, in both camps. We had you in the referee. We had you as a <laughs> yeah. neutral party. Um, you know, there's also more women on Pod and Pendulum. Mm-hmm. So, like, don't, you know, you gotta, we can be feisty. Yeah. So that's what I said. I said, you don't see me coming. I'm a yeah. lot stronger than yeah. I look and I have low center of gravity. And, and I'll yeah. get your knees. Mm-hmm. And I know your knees aren't mm-hmm. good, Halloweenies. And Devon and just like, has tended bar, and I'm sure Devon yeah. has had to like toss yes. people out. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's six foot two, 
and I'm sure he's had to handle like a bunch of rowdy people in the bars of LA. Yeah. But I just see him kind of like sparking up a joint and being the most chill <laughs> dude. Like yeah. not throwing He would a try punch. to talk us out of fighting. Yeah. Well, him and Dan Caffrey. Like Dan Caffrey is literally like one of the sweetest, nicest mm-hmm. people I've ever met. I just can't Maybe see Maybe they him. would stand to the side. They, they would be the peacemakers and they yeah. would like negotiate some sort of truce, I okay. feel like. And they'd be like, guys, let's just like go have a drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what are we yeah. fighting over? No reason to fight. There's enough movies out there for everyone. (laughs) So we are not here tonight to talk about uh, podcasts that we would fight, although that might be a really fun patron episode. That would be top 10, like countdown. We'll just challenge everybody. Jen and Lara. (laughs) Jen and Lara nixed this idea on psychoanalysis. But I wanted to do because like for listeners who don't know, I was shocked at how like filthy Jen and Lara were like I thought I was going to have to like tamper down my personality a lot and like they are two thirsty people and I love them for it I wanted to do a hottest guest that we had on like rank our guests <laughs> on no. just from the page object- how dare you shut down it was yeah. shot down Ooh. I'm going to have to take their side on this. I agree. I'm not saying they were wrong. I'm not saying. (laughs) That's like something you do in school. That's like a list you pass around in class amongst friends, but you don't, you don't want the teacher to see it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's look, I'm not saying they were wrong to do so. They were probably very right to do so. The amount of ideas that like I would have, they're like, this is probably not a good idea. Like they were never incorrect whenever they would say that. So no, no shade being thrown their way. No, what we're here to do tonight is it's now like just past the midpoint of the year. And I wanted to take a little break. Like we are going to put like a week in between Jaws and Jaws 2 just to kind of really recover from the... (laughs) epic bout of like note taking and whatnot and we have a great guest lined up for jaws 2 as well that i'm really excited to have on but i also wanted to kind of talk about where horror is at at the midway through point of the year like what we think 2023 has been so far what have been some of the highlights are there areas of concern and then maybe look briefly ahead um, to see what is in store for the second half of the year so I'll pose it to both of you first and ask, like, so at this, for 2023 through the end of June, what have been some of the biggest surprises or developments with horror so far this year? Both, you know, pleasant surprises or things that have maybe made you raise an eyebrow a little bit. And Ariel, would you care to start out? Sure. Um, so full disclosure, I feel a little bit behind on 2023 horror movies. Um, I was trying to look through my letterbox before recording and I was like, really, have I seen that few? Because I'm still catching up on 2022. But um, from what it sounds like other people are saying and from like the movies I have seen, they seem a lot more fun. And I'm really hoping that that's where we're going. So like I'm thinking of Evil Dead Rise. I had such a fun time with that movie. Um And, you know, it's not perfect, and we talked about it, but, like, I loved how nasty it was. And, like, Scream 6, again, not perfect, but I liked a lot of things that it did. It felt like it was doing something different. I have some complaints about that, but, like, at least it's trying things. Um, And then there's, like, 
the stuff that's been new on Shudder, like Skinamarink was really popular, and that's a really different vibe, but a lot of people really seem to be into that. So it seems like so far a good year in horror that there's like something for every horror fan. Like there's enough horror movies that I get to not care about some of them. And I think that that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I mean, I would second everything that she just said. It's there's it's so much, so much fun. Like I've had some great theater experiences. Like, yeah. Um, Evil Dead Rise was great. Scream was great. Seeing Skinamarink with an audience. I was out of town on a work trip and there was like a little super cute little theater around the corner, like within walking distance from my hotel. Um, and so I went over there to catch it and it was like the best experience just seeing people watch that and just being like, what the fuck? And terrified. What was your audience like for that movie? Like what was the audience like? Were they into it or they, they were, they, I think they were really into it. Very like young, you know, under, I felt like I was one of the older people there. (laughs) Like, so, but it was completely sold out. And I mean, it was a tiny theater, so like that's not like crazy. You know, it was probably tops a hundred people, but it was just like the best, most tense experience ever. And I was just smiling because mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's I I don't live in a major city. I li- you know I live in Boise, Idaho. So those kind of experiences, like a sold out, like kind of it really into it audience, is not necessarily something I get to experience a lot. And I loved that. So it's just been such a fun year. And then I would also say just like some smaller movies too, kind of having these breakout moments like Skinamarink or like mm-hmm. on the, you know, Terrifier 2 has had that. And then mm-hmm. also like, I don't know about you guys, but seeing major theaters play some smaller films mm-hmm. um, also because I'm in a a little bit smaller market. It's stuff that other people may see all the time, but I don't see all the time. So like Wrath of Becky playing, The Retaliators, mm. Malum, Mad Heidi even. See, and like, I don't even think we got that in our area, like Wrath okay. of Becky or Malum in any theaters. It's like they play for just a few days, mm-hmm. but just the fact that that's an option is so mm-hmm. exciting to me because that stuff in past years, I w- we would never get that. So right. yeah, maybe... Mm-hmm. Maybe that is like we're getting a little hint of some of those things. They're just like testing it out or whatever. But just being able to see some of those movies on a big screen, I think, is awesome. Because so, I know like you work at Well, where you live, is that more of a college town? Like is Boise one of the like, is that where the premier universities would be in Idaho? Yeah, yeah, okay. Boise State. Yeah, where I work okay. is like is like the largest university in the state. And I mean, we're not like a you know we're not like a small town by any means, right. but you know it's like it's under a million people, I guess. Do they do? I remember when going to university, they would have like a because they our college never wanted kids to leave campus if at all mm. possible, and it was weird because I went to Providence College. At a time when, like, the then mayor, although he was a criminal, poured tens of millions of dollars into the arts in, like, Mm, nightclubs mm -hmm. and music and theaters. But Providence College, like, they would set up, like, theater nights in on campus. And I I wonder if they ever bring, like, any of these, like, smaller indie horror or not, like, to the university where you could see a Malum or uh, Skinmarink. Not the university. Uh, we are like 
like the university is kind of, is right downtown. You can walk mm-hmm. to a lot of th- like you can walk to like a, an indie theater who just they don't necessarily like horror a lot sure. <laughs> but there's like there's multiple theaters within walking distance they will like put movies because we have we have the infamous blue football field i don't know mm-hmm. and so they'll like screen movies out there um on like you know a giant projected screen but it's usually more like family friendly kind yeah. of stuff like they just got did it. shrek <laughs> yeah I think it's usually got... older stuff too, right? Because it's cheaper to get. Yeah, that was the case in my college anyway. Yeah, so no, not a whole lot of horror, mm. but maybe I should look into that because somebody should be doing that. <laughs> so I remember, and, and I know indie theaters. Like I remember for years, we rented like the small, like forty seat screening room at a like theater just outside of Boston that was an indie. And we would bring like indie horror every like once a month and we would do pretty well. Like for five years we did it. Um, and I know sometimes like indie theaters will be more like, okay, like do you want to do like midnight programming or something? Mm-hmm. Especially when college is in, they might be geared up and geared for it. Like anything to get, anything to get patrons in because we know that can be tough for theaters right now. Yeah. We mm-hmm. are reading so many articles about like theatrical experiences and trouble, mm. which is crazy. Um, what do you both think? Like, I think one trend I notice is like horror being a bit more fun this year. And do you feel like we're maybe, if not completely, at least partially moving away from every single horror movie has to be out someone about someone's like, most traumatic experience ever before the first frame of of the film is even shown totally i think and i think it's smart we've all Mm -hmm. been through a global (laughs) we are still in a you know global pandemic and have all been through a shared trauma so you know what i think we're good let's just have some fucking Mm -hmm. fun Mm -hmm. right and i'm Mm -hmm. and i'm very grateful Absolutely. I've said it before, probably on this podcast, and I'll just say it again. I think James Wan, every 10 years, tells us what to do, and I will blindly follow him. And with Malignant, Uh he told us we're having fun now. And so I think that's what I hope that that's what horror is going to do for a while, because I cannot with another grief allegory or a mental illness allegory. Like those movies are important and they're a lot of them are good. They're well made. And I just can't. I need oh. a break, like a several year break. Unless it's Ari Aster, I will watch anything he does. But um, or Flanagan. Otherwise, Mike Flanagan. Yeah, I'm Mike. Up. Yeah, Mike Flanagan's allowed to rip my heart out and show it to yeah. me. Um, but otherwise, I'm like, let's just have some bombastic, irreverent, nasty, gory fun, please, and thank you. I think I'm off on Flanagan. Okay. And it's not that. Anything he's done has been poor. Like, he's a master filmmaker, and he is great at pulling at those heartstrings. I, I think Midnight Mass is going to go down as the best Salem's Lot adaptation that's ever been made. And I don't say that, like, jokingly. But I think I just get to the point where I'm like, no more speeches, no yeah. more hugging just like enough of this like enough of the trying to make everybody like this isn't amblin okay mm-hmm. this is not the end of act two at et where et almost dies we don't need to do this and everything that you do i just want him to go back and try to just scare the bejesus out of people again which i know yeah. he can do 
it, but I'm in the minority there. It also feels like it's it's kind of like both ends of the spectrum, like right? Like we were talking about some of these like smaller films, but also just like giant kind of blockbuster films are back. Like I mean, Scream is an Evil Dead Rise. Like mm-hmm. those are big movies and even Renfield Mm -hmm. you know like some extent like those are all big ass movies yeah and even outside of horror like you know John Wick and the Fast X and like Mission Impossible coming out like we're getting obviously there was a break (laughs) for obvious reasons but it's like Mm -hmm. we're finally getting these gigantic movies again and Mm -hmm. I it's kind of fun I don't know it's it's obviously it's like didn't necessarily forget about these giant movies but it's kind of just I don't don't know I'm having a lot of fun Indiana Jones too like these giant classic summer blockbuster type of movies even you know whatever maybe they're not performing as well as people wanted them to I don't care they're still super fun yeah that's what worries me and I have that in my my kind of overall look at the year and I'll kind of dive into that brief because exactly that Mm -hmm. the the size and scope of some of some of these movies i am with both of you in terms of like what i've enjoyed the most this year have been these really fun movies that have like really tried to move away from what i would call trauma porn yeah and even a movie like megan which starts with like an eight-year-old basically be getting orphaned in the first five minutes of the movie movie rocks. Like you kind of throw that aside and the rest of the movie is just pure entertainment where I worry a little bit like, okay, we're kind of in it for the memes right now. Like that movie did really well because like it was instantly memeable. Like once the trailer came out at the same time, it delivered on exactly what it was supposed to. Like I didn't walk out of that movie feeling cheated it's kind of a better version of the child's play remake that came out a few years like it's a little bit smarter and funnier and a little bit less hardened on its sleeve it's just more there to entertain although i really like the child's play remake i thought this was like a a better funnier version of that movie and i would be down for a megan sequel which i think we're going to get i think like that movie Mm -hmm. did well enough where you're going to see more of her in the future but then you have like cocaine bear which is exactly (laughs) what it was supposed to be it's a bear that is high as shit on cocaine just tearing ass for 90 minutes like delivers as promised where in the past movies like snakes on a plane haven't necessarily done that like it's just all right like once you get past the title like you still have to make the movie Mm -hmm. these two movies have been great i actually really enjoyed renfield a lot more I I'm usually not the hugest Nick Cage fan, although everything I've watched recently, I've more or less really enjoyed. Renfield was really funny. Like some of the gags in there are pretty brilliant. Um, Nick Cage is having an absolute blast in that, as is like Nicholas Holt in that movie. And from start to finish, like it didn't disappoint me. It's a great little action horror comedy. I think that Although movies like Skin of a Rink, which I thought was good, and I'm glad I watched it in a theater to experience it, and The Outwaters, which is might be my least favorite movie of the year. I think oh, wow. I have that like right at the bottom of my rankings list. No spoilers for the end of the year. Even though I did not like that movie, I'm very happy that horror as a whole is doing well enough that these little genre experiments they get a home and they Mm -hmm. get to go to the theaters like 
although I don't like the outwaters, a lot of people do, and I'm glad they got to experience it on a big screen. I'm super stoked for that filmmaker to mm-hmm. get the ability to experience like his movie projected in like hundreds of theaters. Like good for him. Like there's not there's obviously not enough of that. We need that I just wish we had maybe more in the middle. Not just super mm-hmm. indie and not super big budget, but also these five to ten million dollar movies getting not just in horror but anywhere getting yeah. released in theaters. Yeah, that'll be interesting because I think streaming is a big part of that because a lot of times those middle movies are ending up on streaming right and there just seems to be a lot of conversation about yeah to stream or not to stream right like that that is the question you because evil dead rise (laughs) was supposed to go immediately on streaming and then they kind of were like no let's put it in theaters and look how that paid off versus like prey went straight to streaming and then everybody was like you should have gone to theaters and so i think that there's sort of a not like an identity crisis with some of these films, but kind of an identity crisis. Like, is this a theater movie? Is this a streaming movie? Like, what does that mean? And there are some things I think that maybe, I don't know. It's like studios get nervous and then they just put them on streaming when it's like, yeah, they probably would have done okay in a theater. So Mm -hmm. that conversation came up a lot when Prey came out last year and Hellraiser came out they're like well if everybody who streamed this went to see it theatrically it would be the number one movie in the country but i think realistically those movies like not everybody who watched it streaming would necessarily rush out to the theaters to go see it you wouldn't have seen that level of success yeah but i do think the days of streaming being this like all you can eat buffet with every movie that you want being available to you in all of these like wild movies out there. I don't think we'll see something like fear street. Like we did with like Netflix a couple summers back where they're like, let's do three of these movies back to back to back and release them every other week and make it an event. I think those days are gone. I think you're going to, because nobody is making any money streaming aside from Netflix. And if anything, they're losing hundreds of millions of dollars because it's yeah. just not, you know, there's only so many people it'll pay seven to 10 bucks a month that you have mm-hmm. to sell that to a lot of people in order to turn a buck. And that's just not happening. The bubble has burst. That's for sure. Yeah. And I don't know about y'all, yeah. but I let, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I will rotate and like, okay, what is on this? Okay. I'm mm-hmm. going to yeah. pause this one, sign up for this one, watch what I want to watch, pause that one, go to this one, which absolutely. So I think that's kind of what you just have to, which is super annoying, right? (laughs) It is. You have to really be on top of it. And like, if you're sharing with other people, like you have to let them know what's going on. And so it is kind of like, you got to really be committed to the whole streaming thing or just drop some of them yeah, or just spend a million dollars to watch nothing. Well, and like, like we're like in this, right? Like all of us are like, like eating, breathing, writing, discussing the horror and genre stuff. Mm -hmm all the time like I cannot imagine somebody who's like a casual viewer I guess well actually I can because I I just think of like my parents or like my sister and it's like they just have Netflix and regular TV and if it's not on Mm -hmm. Netflix it like doesn't exist to them (laughs) like that's wild to me yeah yeah we we canceled Netflix a few months back because 
we looked at each other prices. yeah and we're just like when's what's the last thing that we actually sought out to watch on netflix after the great british bake-off season ended and stranger like, things nothing and even it. for me like i didn't watch the fourth season i'm like i'll get to it eventually mm-hmm. but i think like every episode being like a feature length movie runtime kind of put me off a little bit but i'm like Mm -hmm. i'll get to it eventually we actually just we do a thing where i look at like okay how do we what can we do where these services are included so Mm -hmm. i just jumped on my wife's cell phone plan and it includes (laughs) netflix and apple tv we because my daughter and i were on a different plan than my wife right and we're like why are we doing this like we just saved 800 bucks by all of us going on the same thing and they gave us Netflix and Apple TV and Paramount on top of that. So Comcast nice. was giving us Peacock. I get Hulu through my Spotify account. So mm-hmm. and I got HBO through my old plan. So there maybe they will forget to turn it off. But so it was working out pretty well for me. Um, yeah. Wild. The other thing I've liked about like the this year, the kind of familiar tropes, like things like Sick being a slasher movie, Missing is a found footage movie. Uh, influencer being kind of a I don't know if erotic thriller is the mm-hmm. right word, but it's definitely a thriller. Like they are taking some wild swings with what they do. Like I thought Sick was great. Like the Kevin Williamson pan uh, a written. I still haven't seen it. It is a lot. I would check it out. Like that is. I worth, want to. Yeah. That is worth I, checking out. I have time set aside in August where I'm going to catch mm-hmm. up on movies, and yeah. I have a little list. So it's on there. And Rachel, you're more of the action. Like that's a John Hyman directed movie, correct? Mm-hmm. I, I always forget. So he does mostly action, like direct video action movies, like B pictures, but he has like an A level of talent when he does, does them. And he brings that to sick. I thought missing yeah. was awesome. Like missing. I did too. I was so surprised. I saw oh. that in the theater and like, I was a little nervous because, you know, it's following like searching was great as well. And so I was like, we'll see if they can follow it up. And I thought it was super Mm -hmm. fun. Like, is it like the best thing ever? No, but I it's I thought it was really well executed. I thought the performances were great and it did have some twists that I didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily see coming and super fun. And I was stunned with how much I enjoyed Influencer on Shudder because Shudder can typically be very hit or miss. But that is one that gets by on the power of some great lead performances, uh, a couple twists that come out completely out of left field and a completely satisfying ending. Like it hits every beat that it needs to land. It completely lands. And I love that. My last thing about like year to date, I call it horny horror and that's probably like an (laughs) oversimplification, but spoonful of sugar on shutter. I thought was a great update of the kind of erotic thriller through the lens of psychedelic horror. I really enjoyed that one a lot. Another one with a really holy shit ending, like kind of out of left field ending that I really dug Uh, an infinity pool from Brandon Cronenberg featuring um, Skarsgård and Mia Goth and just Mm -hmm. a ton of like very gorgeous people on an Island setting doing absolutely horrid things to each other and to other people one of the best things i've seen if not the best thing i've seen all year and it's a movie that is like unabashedly sexual at times in a way that we don't typically see in genre films anymore and i love it for that 
Oh, yeah. I'm just so excited for these things to come out. And I'm excited kind of for like the the diversity. Like there doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not like we're getting 800,000 slashers, right? Mm-hmm. And right. I think that's so cool. Like there really is a subgenre for everybody and something great in each subgenre. <laughs> agree. My, totally agree. Um, my friend Canel, who I don't know if you also know him on Twitter or anything, um, he runs Canel's Sinister Cinema. He has called as an upcoming trend in horror, um, basically this horny horror. Then, and I think he marks it starting with Titan, and he's oh, yeah. also cited the Infinity Pool. He's calling it Shaggers horror. I like that. Um, yes, he's <laughs> British. His, I take it. Yes, in his yeah. wonderful accent. Um, or he might be Welsh, and he might be mad at me for getting that wrong. So, Canal, if you're listening, I apologize. <laughs> it's definitely one of those. Um, but yeah, Shaggers horror. I think is really fun. Well, and like, what does horror do, right? It's always like taking like societal fears and things, and like recontextualizing and playing with them, right? And like, how have we seen like the internet talking about like, you know, no sex and things. And I don't want right. to, like yes. there's been a lot of conversations right around this mm-hmm. idea of sex and film and whether or not people want to see that and all the ins and mm-hmm. outs and complicated things that come with that. And so, yeah, it would make sense that horror is going to like, Oh, Oh, now sex is kind of like a taboo things. Well, we're going to stick it in it. our Let's horror films. And you know what? Right. I'm here for it. Especially if we, Skarsgård yes. and Mia Goth are involved. <laughs> Boy, oh my God, yeah. howdy. <laughs> Mia Goth leading a, I don't, a naked scars guard around on a leash, calling him her dog is definitely Iconic. my orientation. It's my orientation. This is, yeah. Yeah. I'm here for all of that. And she's, yep. I, I, this might be controversial. I think Mia Goth is better in Infinity Pool than in, in both X and Pearl. And I love those movies. Like though, like X is my number one movie of last year. I think she is so brilliant and so wicked in Infinity Pool. Like the scene. Have you seen Infinity Pool? No. I don't want to spoil any bits of it, but the way that she verbally abuses Skarsgård towards the end of that movie is just amazing and thrilling and everything I want in every genre. I want it in a Muppet movie. Like, I want (laughs) Mia goth in the next muppet movie like verbally degrading Fozzie bear until it would have no to be there, bear, i'm sure there's something yeah. out there for you with that i would say <laughs> that's Gonzo. i'm sure it's been done <laughs> you know that's yeah all right i've revealed far too much of myself this now, the ghouls who, were really into it too there were a lot of infinity pool conversations yeah. in the ghouls chat oh it's it's brilliant i love it yeah. and i've only seen the uncut version i don't know what they cut out of, but I'm looking to, I'll probably pick up the 4k mm. just for the, just so I want to get that whole experience again. Yeah. So kind of moving on a little bit, I guess, how do we feel this has been year to date for the genre as a whole? Like, do we feel it's been an especially strong year for the genre? Where are we at in terms of where horror is at the midway point? I, you know what? I'm saying so far so good. Like, I'm not angry about anything. There's been some stuff that's been a little disappointing, you know, like Knock at the Cabin wasn't for me. I thought the Boogeyman was fine. You know, there's been a lot of stuff that's like, it's okay. But like, honestly, Mm -hmm. it's not like garbage. And so I think it's fine. There's been lots of 
like I said, diversity, which I think is why I think it's good, because I think that's exciting. Even things like the blackening, like the horror comedy and like getting some of that sort of stuff. And I just like that makes me excited to see just a wide range of things and a lot of films getting discussed in major ways outside of the genre space. And I will say the strike situation with the WGA and like it looks like probably SAG is going to, you know, like that's a little like totally support them 100%. But it's also that means that there will be repercussions down the line. Yeah. So I think probably 2023 is safe. But I'm quite curious to see what 2024 is going to bring, because no. eventually those uh, storage closets are going to be empty. <laughs> Do you worry that you're in, we're going to see this rise in like, a, oh, AI wrote it or AI shot. We just did all of this because there were no writers, there were no actors. Like, are we yeah. at that stage yet? Is that a legitimate mm. fear? I think that would be it's as already soulless. happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, Mike. No, please. Mm. So I do the admin for Ghouls Magazine, and so one of the things I do is go through the requests we have for interviews and or, uh, reviews and interviews, whatever. So I've gotten a few emails about, like, AI wrote this horror movie. Do you guys want to review it? Gross. And it kind of it starts to freak me out a little bit, you know? Um, yeah. I It's already happened. And, the, like... I wasn't ready for that the day I got one of the, I was like, oh, God, I haven't even thought about what I do about this. So, yeah, I'm definitely worried about that. I mean, I think we're still going to have a strong indie horror scene. I don't think that's going to stop. I, I hope not. Mm-hmm. Um, but we definitely are going to feel the effects of AI yeah. and the writer's strike. Of those two things happening at the same time, or is it going to be... A mess. Yeah. I I will say, I mean, because also because, like, I feel like this year's been pretty good for, like, television, like, genre television. Like, From has been really great. Yellow Jackets, you know, whatever, however you feel about that. Like, that was, that's a big Absolutely. show. Um, the new Walking Dead, Dead City series, like, I really enjoyed it um, for what it is. Like, I know people are Walking Dead it out, but I was like, oh, this is, like, a great extension and didn't overstay its welcome um like the show evil is gonna have its fourth season come out i'm excited about that and then like the gremlins animated series uh but again those are gonna run out at some point so that's it's just like i don't know what's gonna and like i love reality tv like do not get me wrong like i will never get rid of my peacock subscription because that's where all the bravo stuff is Mm -hmm. it's one that i will not get rid of and rotate um but Peacock at the same, great. Peacock <laughs> yeah. doesn't get enough love to be as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but like I, but I don't want to watch that all the time. Right. <laughs> so I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So you're the David Zaslav fan. You're the one who's like <laughs> no. David Zaslav. I, what you're doing with HBO and Discovery, A plus, no notes. Give me more. Just, of... just just toss that stuff. Just pull. You know who who wants to pay people residuals? Gross. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. TCM totally culturally irrelevant Trash, movies. God. You know. I don't watch movies that were made before 1980. I'm just joking. That's not true. <laughs> My daughter will ask, is this in black and white? Like, she'll definitely, I mean, we watched Psycho for Father's Day. Like, I picked the movie. And she's like, is this going to be in black and white? I'm like, yes. She's like, why? And 
She liked it. I mean, it's like fun. the shower scene work when you don't know what's oh coming God. in Psycho, it still works. Like she. What jumped. a treat mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. have that first time watch. I think that's really special. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm a little worried about where the, I, I'm a little worried about movies in general, and it's not just horror. I'm worried that movies like Dial of Destiny cost. million to make before marketing it and rather than talk about it as a film we're spending a lot of time talking about it as why did it why it underperformed it only making 60 million dollars like what we're seeing like the fast x movie which by all accounts for fans of the franchise is a really fun movie it delivers on what people want in a fast and furious movie is my understanding i still haven't seen a fast and furious movie i'll have to go to peacock this summer you're talking to the two wrong girls here (laughs) no but it's it's just i i think that i will by the end of the summer i think i will have seen at least half of them like i am gonna you need to text me live tweet me text me as you watch them, you okay. need every okay. every thought. I'll we'll have a group chat. Post it on the Slack. I will definitely yes. set up we'll a day and a time when channel. I do that. Yes. Okay, we'll do that. And Patreon, Patreon. But it <laughs> but it costs so much money to make, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that's what all the talk is about. Like movies cost too much, you know. And we just covered Jaws. It cost nine million dollars. It was supposed to cost three. It cost nine. That's about $22 million in 2023 money. You're telling me that you can't make a great movie that is gets people to the theaters, gets people excited, and makes everybody some money so that this business can continue for 20 to $30 million. That rather than make like five or six of these movies, studios make one movie for $300 million and hope that it does well. It's, and then... Oh, I was going to say, it's just like no, such ahead. a dated way of thinking. And like we've seen this mm-hmm. happen before. Like, I mean, this is what was like happened in the music industry like in the late 90s and early 2000s too before like streaming became a thing like it was just like so hyper inflated and just people throwing money around and then it's just like i don't know why studios are so stubborn (laughs) and like against evolving but then you know you see something like terrifier making like huge things and so it's funny. It's it's like genre. I mean, genre has always been profitable, right? Like we all know that. But then these movies pop up, and it, but I don't understand why other genres can't learn from that, mm-hmm. <laughs> or yeah. or why these like higher up studio execs like and producers like refuse to pay attention and just take notes from that and be like, well, how can we do this? Like, it's. Yeah, The nastiest scene in Terrifier 2, which I will not spoil for anybody who hasn't seen it, but it is it is a rough, nasty scene, and it's awesome. And it was all practical effects. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I mean, it's impressive. It looks great. But also, you know, they were able to do it not too expensively. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just looks better. It just, even when the practical effects aren't 100% up to snuff, Mm-hmm. It, I still think that always looks better because it's tangible. There are performers that are interacting with the prop or with the mm-hmm. effect as opposed to 
performers that are acting against a guy maybe holding up a broomstick with yellow balls attached to <laughs> yeah. it or a green screen. You know, I I feel like, and I think you said this a little bit, Rachel, like it's been the year of like a lot of things are okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things like 65, I thought should have been like, it's Adam Driver fighting dinosaurs with space lasers. Oh, this yeah. should be, and it's like 90 minutes long. It's not overstaying its welcome. And it got a little bit too modeling for my taste and time it had to throw in like a sick child trauma story into oh, it and sake. i'm just like no Can just stop <laughs> give me take those 20 minutes out and give me 20 more minutes like give a t-rex and uh, let them figure out how to fire a space laser okay i don't care that's what i want yeah i think it's a little bit of things that have been sitting on a shelf that got shelved during the pandemic and mm-hmm. like it, it probably would have mm, it probably true. it probably would have hit differently in 2019 or 2020 right if nothing had happened but then yeah. now things have happened obviously and so when those storylines are put out there it feels a mm-hmm. little like oh my god we've seen some like i don't want to see this yeah. and i think that that's just like such a big part of it is some of these movies were originally intended to come out a few years ago and now the world's different yeah. so we're we're, we're ingesting these things a little bit different because we mm-hmm. are different <laughs> and so, that's such a good point i hadn't yeah. thought of that so i think i, I don't know I, don't, I mean i don't know the backstory on 65 how long but <laughs> i have to imagine that some of that is part of the issue i just think maybe adam driver is not for me mm. and he's fun Fair. to look at he's an extremely talented performer but there's just something about him it always feels like he's interacting with humans for the first time they're just, yeah. yeah there's just something <laughs> yeah. that he's just trying to figure out the human interaction what is this all about i found like i was really disappointed well, he can come figure it out with me <laughs> okay adam driver <laughs> if you're listening <laughs> if you're listening adam driver ariel has room for you in her basement the saw room um <laughs> I was disappointed with things like oh, Ennis Men. Oh my goodness, is that a bear trap? <laughs> well, you can think of it as a reverse bear trap. Oh man, how does one procure that? How did you? Uh, with money. Okay. She, she <laughs> builds <laughs> it. Don't <laughs> ask questions. Right. If we go missing. Excellent. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry. Yeah, the Boogeyman was fine. It was one of those like if you've only seen a couple horror movies, it's a great like it's probably like if my daughter was having friends over for a sleepover and they wanted to watch something spooky but a lot of the kids had not seen scary movies before the boogeyman would be perfectly fine like for my birthday they watched host in the basement on the basement projector because it was too rainy for an outdoor theater night and we're sitting above them in our living room that's where the basement theater is like right below and every few minutes you could hear a boom and 10 13 year old girls screaming <laughs> so it was cute really i fun. love it yeah amazing it was, it was those awesome. are going to be their memories yeah. you know when they think back to their first horror movies i love yeah. that i just wish and maybe horrors like this every year and we're waiting for the bigger things to drop you know saws coming out uh there's a bunch of looks like fun titles coming out and maybe the second half of the year will wow me but at the midway point, looking at my top 10, there are maybe two movies on my top 10 that would have made last year's top 10 list. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit, a little bit kind of like, mm, we want something a bit more from the yeah. genre. And I guess that leads me to my last question for the night, which is what are we looking forward to for the rest of the year? What with July onward, with the horror, the October and Halloween season coming up, 
and we always get like a fun holiday horror movie around Christmas time. What are we looking forward to in the second half of the year? Well, Saw, of course. <laughs> like that, that ought to go without saying, but it is going to be my whole personality for the rest of the year. Um, very excited about that. Hoping it's a return to form in some ways, but also updated for the times. I have a lot of expectations. That's not a good place to be, but that's where I am. Um, I'm also really looking forward to Thanksgiving, the Eli Roth movie, um, which I say with a little bit like I want to duck so people don't, you know, yell at me. Um, I, 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 I have liked Eli Roth movies, so. I have your back. Okay, thank you. I do not, but that's fine. I'm glad somebody. (laughs) No, that's okay. Um, He's a dick, right? I know, but I give him my money, and I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. I think I'm hoping it's going to be a good little bit of nastiness for me, and like I haven't had a good little bit of Eli Roth nastiness in a while. Um, And then I am personally, oh well, The Exorcist is also coming out, and I have. Very low expectations for yeah. that. I do not, ex- but I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Are you a little nervous that we haven't seen a trailer or a teaser yeah. or anything Very for it, and so. it's it's coming out in like three months? I'm, I'm I haven't glad. seen a single press release. Yeah, they showed a still photo of like David Gordon Green, like still photo from the set of The Exorcist, and I just posted like, "Oh my God, it's a chair!" You know, like <laughs> like that's yeah. it. Yeah. I'm also just personally really looking forward to, I'm going to my very first Aero Video Fright Fest in London, cool. which is something I've been wanting to do for a few years. And I get to go this August and just experience Fright Fest to the fullest. And so like, I'm going to be, that'll actually be the first horror festival I've ever attended in person. And That's, so and like, it's a big a one. one. Yeah, so I'm going to have, like, lots of festival movies in my eyeballs very soon, so I'm excited. Wait, when is, when is that? Um, The end of August. We should have, like, a, you know, like a festival roundup episode. Oh, yeah, we definitely. will. We will. Okay, cool. We definitely will. We'll definitely, yeah, already <laughs> noted. Um, absolutely, we'll do that. So I think you're going to really enjoy that a, a lot. I've heard nothing but wonderful things about Fright Fest. Same. Question for you, Ariel. Jigsaw and the Book of Spiral. Where, without going too deep, because we're going to be covering those movies. Yeah. Like, I'm imagining you had super high expectations for both of those and where they met. So I really like Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. It's usually, like, in the top half of my ranking. Okay. I really like Jigsaw. Because to me, it feels like a Saw movie that was updated for the time it came out. It couldn't be what it used to be. It needed to be updated, but it still had the things you come to a Saw movie for. Spiral, I tried to go in with no expectations, but also it was the first movie I saw, you know, since lockdown. Like the first time I went to the theater and it had been 476 days since I had been to a theater and I was basically dead. Um, So... I was like, I'm going to like this movie no matter what, just because I'm happy to be at the theater. Um, I do not like it. I do not like Spiral. I have major problems with it. I was hu- I'm big time disappointed with a lot of things. So I'm like, Saw X, I need you to deliver. But one of the things that's beautiful about the Saw franchise is its ups and downs and looking at it as a whole. So I'm like, okay, Spiral was a dip. So now we got to go back up, right? 
We'll see. Let's hope. And I'm yeah. also with you on Eli Roth. Is is I don't know a lot about him in terms of like his personal life or how he's been on set or whatnot. Is he a dick or is he smug? Like, is he someone that is like a generally abusive person that is like not good to work with, or is he just like if you're smug? a woman? Not if you're a okay. woman. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wish he not would, if like... you're a woman. Like he's poor to work with if you're a woman. There's okay. some stories. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like if he would keep his mouth shut and be a horror historian, he would be better off. But mm-hmm. like, there's a story about filming Cabin Fever where he wanted the actress to show her naked butt during the sex scene and she didn't want to. And they argued about it forever. And he said something like, well, you came to the audition with a G string on. What did you think was going to happen? And then she agreed to show one inch of her ass. And so he was literally there with a ruler measuring one inch of her naked ass and taping the sheet in place. So like, you know, he, but I got issues with him, yeah. and yet I still give him my money. That's a conversation for a different day. It's a conversation for the therapist. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll <laughs> do. It's like a, it's like a yeah, Michael I, Bay kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's like that very. I got it. Okay. Uh, when we eventually cover Cabin Fever, we will. I'll tell the story of like when I moved back to Boston. We did like a horror movie night at my new place and I threw a pancake party and everyone's like, why are you doing a pancake party? I'm like, it'll make sense when you watch the movie. And I love that. I love that. We'll tell that story. Um, Ariel, how about yourself? What are you most looking forward to this back half of the year? Me? I've just what? said that. I'm sorry. Rachel. <laughs> like, unless I, you sorry, I'm anymore. looking at, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rachel, I'm sorry. What are you most looking forward to in this back half of the year? I, okay, I'm very excited about A Haunting in Venice, <laughs> um, which is. I'm not familiar. It is a Hercule Poirot um, movie based on Agatha Christie's story called Halloween Party. Okay. So it's like. Agatha Christie and Poirot, but also horror. And that is like, I'm just and like, Halloween. and I'm giddy about it. Like, and here's the thing. Like, I have not particularly cared for Kenneth. It's Kenneth Branagh. Wait, how mm-hmm. do you sell? How do you say his name? Brana? Brana? Kenneth Branagh? Um, I am not one to ever correct I don't anyone's know. pronunciation. <laughs> Him. Like, I, I have not been a that fan guy. of his Kenny other, B. yeah, his other Poirot, you know, Agatha Christie adaptations. But this one... I don't think has been done. So that makes me excited because some of the other ones, it's like, you can't compare. Like there's like, especially in the seventies, like there are some incredible adaptations. And then mm-hmm. obviously, you know, the David Suchet Poirot, like you, it's just the best. So I'm excited my about wife that. Binged all of those last year. She loves Oh my those gosh. Movies. I've seen, yeah, I've seen them more times than I can count my mom got me into those as a kid so I love that I love that and um also like Last Voyage of the Demeter I'm very excited about spooky a different kind of like vampire story or Dracula story excited to see that um also I know this is just me being just a completely like an optimist and being completely naive but I really want to see Welcome to Derry TV show. Oh, yeah. And supposedly Salem's Lot is coming out this year. That movie doesn't exist. 
I mean, I, whatever happened with that? I feel like I heard about it and then I didn't hear about it. It's been pushed a lot, but I know somebody um, personally who has worked on it. So it does exist. <laughs> I refuse to believe that. <laughs> but whether or not we ever see it, I don't know. Mm. But I just, like at this point, it's just like, I just, I just want to see it. And my expectations are so low. But what if I don't know. What if when Zasloff deleted the master file for Batgirl, he accidentally <laughs> deleted all of Salem's lot, and now they just keep pushing it back and hoping people will forget about it? I mean, maybe I that's, that's best. Like, that's fine. Like, if if they're not, like, in a, like, I would rather that happen than, like, have something out there that's garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, like, write that off. If you're, like, not happy about it and it's, like, not good, <laughs> like... And it's yeah. taking 800,000 rewrites. Write that shit off. And, like, don't that pull Dauberman? things that are actually cool. Is that Gary Doberman who I think he wrote a bunch of the Conjuring spinoffs? I think that's him. For the and new one? For the new Salem's Lot. Like, Salem's Lot oh, is yes. my favorite. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's my favorite Stephen King book by far. It is, I think, his first attempt at world building. It's scary as hell. It's mm-hmm. funny at points. I think Hooper did a great job of it, but that was made for TV. Like there are some obvious limitations there. I don't really remember the Rob Lowe miniseries. So maybe (laughs) which I know is more faithful to the book, but you know, it's also again, a TV miniseries. I want Salem's lot to be good, but I have doubts. What else are you looking forward to? Um, New insidious. Mm-hmm. I, yes, me too. I forgot to mention that. I, I actually think the Insidious franchise is pretty solid for what it is. I can totally yep. get why some people don't like it, but it's like, I think they're pretty good as a franchise. Yeah. And then um, Cobweb. Yep. Um, there's been a lot of talk and buzz about that, and I like the cast, and so I, I, I don't know. A ton. I don't know that one. Yeah, I don't know a ton about it, so I'm excited to see that. And then, of course, the festivals, what pops up. Yeah. what cool things are going to pop up that I've never, you know, heard of or mm-hmm. seen. And I think that there's like, like Fantasia's coming up and their lineup looks amazing with a lot of really cool, yes. interesting writers and creators that haven't done anything for a while or have just been working on stuff. So I'm excited to see some of those films for sure. Yeah. I am hoping to be at Fantasia at the end of July, like spend four or five days up in Montreal. Oh, cool. I have only been able to cover fantasia once like way back in 2013 and i've meant to go one of to wanted to have returned every year since because mm-hmm. it is without a doubt like one of the best festivals i've ever been to just the atmosphere was great about it. it was like they show a lot of the movies like later in the day mm. so you can just chill around montreal during the week and hang out and then in, in this beautiful part of the city and then just see a bunch of great movies from like supper time on. And it's just awesome crowds and phenomenal movies. Yeah. I just watched half of the trailer for cobweb after hearing about it. Like when you put your note in and a couple other people had mentioned, I'm like, I had never heard of this movie until probably about eight o'clock tonight. Oh dang. And yeah. I watched the first half of the trailer stopped it going i don't want to know any more about it Mm. because i i don't want to be i i was worried that it was going to be uh the rest of the trailer was going to spoil something in the movie and i want to go in kind of like barbarian because i know it's the director of barbarian produced this 
Uh, it's Lizzie Kaplan, and it's like a kid having nightmares movie, and the parents are maybe not great parents. That's all I'll say. It looks creepy as fuck. It looks like it's going to take some wild swings, and I am. I think it's coming out soon, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's maybe. Is it next week or? Oh, I don't know. I know it's coming out soon. Um, it's pretty it says soon. July twenty first. Excellent. The, all right. Uh, Wikipedia. It's not the same day as and Barbie. Wow, that <laughs> is, he... is wild. That's going to be funny. That's going to be a big weekend, you guys. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm excited. Did you? see what barbie is on track to open with it's gonna be no but i think it's gonna be gigantic 80 million wild 80 million that blows my mind which is awesome and i think oppenheimer is like half of that or 50 million yeah well it's 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 that's a two hard. different crowds oh yeah Let me see. i mean hard. i do want to see oppenheimer like don't get me I are you gonna do the double too. feature are you going to do the double just, feature? Just, feel, the... just have a wild day at the theater. Yeah. <laughs> I could easily see doing Cobweb, Oppenheimer, and Barbie. You got to finish with Barbie. Just one day in the theaters. <laughs> see, every, uh, people are saying you should finish with Barbie, and I get where that's coming from, but I think I'm going to be too broken after Oppenheimer to enjoy every, anything. Mm. So I think I might as well do Barbie first. And then go ruin my life with Oppenheimer. Come d- come down what gently if, a little bit. You know, start yeah. higher so you don't you don't yeah. fall too low. <laughs> what if Oppenheimer is secretly a musical and all the trailers have been misleading, and it's a super upbeat, happy? I would leave. Would you? I don't like musicals. I would. I don't like musicals. I either. would stay, but my God, what a <laughs> that would be what a mess wild. that would be. Um, yeah, I think Oppenheimer is it's a test because these kind of like bigger pictures made for adults that are about big mm-hmm. ideas like is there a market for it like yes there are no i mean i don't know of any young directors or movie stars like under the age of like 35 that people go see because they're in the movie like Chris Hemsworth, we love him as Thor and in the Avengers and the Marvel movies, but then his other movies are like straight to Netflix action movies. Like you don't necessarily rush to a theater because it's a new Chris Hemsworth jam. No. Right? No, you got to have like Sydney Sweeney in it or something. Or like that's that's who I feel like the kids would go and see something in or like Timothy Timothy Chalamet you know like you gotta have like the hot young things in films but but even that like he doesn't open a movie like a young Tom Cruise Dune no how big was Dune Dune was not but Dune 2 is coming out together yeah so he writes a worm still pretty Mm pandemic-y because that that was the it comes out on HBO and a theater at the same time days, right? I think so. I watched it at home. Oh, I watched it in IMAX. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. I know. I am excited for, for the second part of Dune as well. I need to watch part one. I should. And this trailer looked great for part two. Okay. Um, it felt like part two was kind of like a make good for Villain Vu, though, because he was so pissed off about his movie going to streaming and he was like, this is, which I can understand. Like it's a Mm -hmm. not meant to be a watch this on a television at home 
type of movie. But he was so adamant, and I know they wanted to kind of keep him in their good graces. But I don't... Honestly, like, when we think of, like, the stars we grew up with, like Harrison Ford, Mm -hmm. Kurt Russell, um, Julia Roberts, Goldie Hawn, all of these perform, like, Winona Ryder at her peak. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, there's a new Winona movie? I'm there. What's it about? Don't care. It's Winona Ryder. What about Keanu? I want to go see her. Keanu's definitely in that mix. Like, he's absolutely, but he is older. Like, he's in his 50s I don't care. He looks, (laughs) he's magically, you know, he looks very young. A beautiful human being in every way. (laughs) He absolutely is. But I'm thinking of like the persons that are half my age, like that are in their Mm -hmm. 20s. Yeah. Those stars who rushes out to go see a movie because like even like and it's not that they're not talented or that they're not making phenomenal movies, but they're not the engine that's like driving persons into theaters. It's the it's the IP. Yeah, some and then adults with money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody's got to put Taylor Swift in a movie. That's n- that's go. not Cats. <laughs> Whatever that Absolutely. movie is, it's gonna uh, do great. Um, that's probably true. I, I will second a lot of what you both have said about what's coming down the pike. Like, I'm actually really excited to watch all of Saw for the show. Like, I have been. Joking, I I have been like joking about being super grumpy about having to cover. And let me tell you a a quick like the reason why Ariel's been on so many episodes. Like Ariel guested on Phantasm, and it was supposed to be a one and done. And (laughs) I just elbowed my way in. No, we. (laughs) I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say like, hey Ariel, what other movies do you like? Well, this is the kind of films I'm into. I'm like, great. We just booked a bunch of those, and then Ariel's <laughs> magically is now part of the show. One because, of us. One of yeah, us. Yeah, I mean, One like, because when there's when there's talent, you have to like do anything you can to. So, <laughs> um, so I am actually really excited to watch the other seven Saw movies that I haven't seen. Because I do think I'm going to, I, I, from what I understand, like the commitment to um, keeping it like a tight plot line throughout all these movies, like I think I'm going to appreciate that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that'll, it'll be a fun kind of look back at where horror was Mm -hmm. 20 years ago. I'm super excited for festival season. Like I've mentioned Fantasia, uh, Toronto After Dark, Brooklyn Horror is around the corner, Fantastic Fest. You start to see a lot of great films come out uh october will be my 11th year traveling to tell you right horror and serving as one of the hosts for that festival which i don't understand why they keep flying me out there at their expense (laughs) and paying me to stand on stage and talk about these movies but i'm very grateful that ted and company do say don't Um, don't jinx it (laughs) my favorite three days of the year and every year we look at the like i know the other host and i look at the lineup and we're like, I'm not sure about this year's lineup. And every year it's incredible. And we get to watch a bunch of movies that are brilliant with some, the most amazing audiences in the most gorgeous place. So festival season is, and you will definitely have some bonus content coming up around Fantasia and Fright Fest and all of that. And also, what else did I have? Cobweb, uh, Talk to Me mm-hmm. is coming mm, out. That yeah. from A24. That looks scary as fuck. Yeah. Uh, the Last Voyage of the Demeter is also looks really good. Like a, I'm, I'm all about a good period piece horror. So, 
What about the new Nick Cage, which I'm not sure is, it might be more horror adjacent. Yeah. I think it's like, is it Sympathy for the Devil or yeah. Talking to the... Yeah, okay. it, yeah, it's playing Fantasia, so I'm hoping... Okay. I'm covering it remotely, so I never know like okay. what's going to... But yeah, I mean, if it's got Cage in it, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> it looks fun. It mm-hmm. looks really, really fun. So, And again, I'm not someone who always says that. So I think the second half of the year... It's going to be a really interesting one. It should be very interesting to see how our top tens shake out when we do that in December. I will say, going through my letterbox list, going through my diary for the year in my list, like my goal for the summer is 100 new-to-me movies because I'm pretty much I'm off all summer. And I'm at... 19 so far so <laughs> you got some uh, by labor see. day well that's in since like that's in 20 days oh okay so, no, right. so far fair, fair. oh and, you're doing good then yeah yeah and like claire and ada leave in a week so i don't have anyone in the house there are going to definitely be days where i just stack up four movies and don't oh get off the God, basement the what a luxury. it really is it's gonna be pure luxury Seven. and <laughs> i have settled into middle-aged dad like i'm like the great escape at the bridge over river kwai oh my god did you watch the great escape uh not yet but that is coming up that's on the list for like right away can i tell you a funny story about bridge over river kwai Mm -hmm. growing up i had a slumber party once and i told my mom that i wanted to rent bridge to terabitha and she oh no came home with oh bridge over the river kwai and let me tell you, that group of middle school girls did not appreciate it, but I loved no, it. No, mom. And I should have just known right then and there. <laughs> like, like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm a little bit turning. Yeah, and I was like, did she do that like, on purpose? No, <laughs> she just was like bridge Aww. over something, and then that's what the person gave her, and it was that's really sweet. Yeah. That's incredible. And I, I'm sure your mom was like, okay, it's for my daughter. Like, she's in seventh grade. She's having a slumber party. It begins with Bridge. And he's like, oh, she probably likes Star Wars. And Alec Guinness was in Star Wars. Here you go. Bridge over River Kwai did watch last Sunday. It was amazing. Oh, it's amazing. Um, I loved it. But (laughs) uh, I'm going through, like, looking at my list right now, like, the lady vanishes. It's been a Hitchcock year. I've done, like, 16 Hitchcock movies this year with a goal of hitting... 25 um a lot of charles bronson like the mechanic death wish mm. and i got magnificent seven on tap uh very very soon <laughs> they're also you know, good i've i've just hit that middle age this is what middle age dads watch and i'm okay with it i'm totally yeah, just okay lean into it, it. sounds great yeah. super leaning into it all right any final thoughts on where we are for this year so far halfway we got halfway to go but we'll see what happens yeah i'm okay with it so i just thought this would be a fun little episode to do like we'll have just take a breather in between jaws and jaws 2 but still kind of have something come out this week and i just i love episodes like this i just like talking about movies in general Mm -hmm. but let's plug some stuff let's plug where we talk about movies in other places as well so, Arielle, why don't you head things up? You have a ton of stuff going on. What's going on with ghouls and yourself right now? You can find me just talking about movies, walking down the block, just <laughs> rambling in your yard, 
probably at your door. Um, no, not invading your homes. Um, let's see, getting my mind back on track. Ghouls. Ghouls is doing things. Uh, we have some more, um, oh my god, screenings coming up. If you are happen to be in the London area, which probably a lot of our listeners are not, but if you do happen to be there, we're screening The Fly pretty soon over pizza so that's gonna be a good fun combo um and july is body horror month so tune into that and uh yeah you can follow me on twitter at re underscore hellraiser and if any other socials happen to take its place that my name will stay the same i um saw some photos of the screening room from the first like ghoul slumber party Mm-hmm. And it was such a gorgeous screening room. I love the posters up on the wall. It looks mm-hmm. like such a rad place. So if you're in London, yeah. definitely hit that. When does your Human Centipede episode with Rebecca McCallum drop? When is that coming out? That'll be around the last week of July. Okay. So, yes. Rebecca McCallum, who is a Hitchcock genius and all-around horror expert, super smart, super insightful, she and I are going to talk about the human centipede one too. So I'm definitely going to bring her down in that. Did she um, find a way to, to relate it to vertigo somehow? She, she yeah. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Yeah. I actually think she did. I'm pretty sure it's vertigo. There is some Hitchcock in her notes. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, so there is something there. Yeah. Of course. Of course there is. Mm-hmm. Uh all right. How about yourself, Rachel? You you don't really have a lot going on right no, now. Just... Never. Um, yeah, you can find me currently on Twitter at Vinyl Girl, G-R-R-R-L, or Instagram and now Threads, I guess. Um, over there, I'm at The Vinyl Girl. And um, yeah, Losers Club, they just covered just after sunset and go through all those short stories so that's great and then on halloweenies we are working our way through the child's play franchise just did bride of chucky and got seed of chucky coming up soon so that's super fun and then um on the girls on the boys we just me and jen adams just wrapped up season one of that and then as just like a fun treat, we just covered uh, the new super, or not the new, <laughs> just joking, the old Superman movie, Christopher Reeve, Margot Kidder, um, oh. just discussing that and kind of seeing where it intersects with the boys and making some comparisons and having just a lot of fun with that. It was super fun to do that. Super, get it? Soup, super, Superman. Um, okay, that's all I've got. <laughs> I... God, I love the Christopher Reeves Superman, Superman 2. And I have such a crush on 1970s Margot Kidder. And you could see why someone like Superman would fall head over heels in love with Margot Kidder mm-hmm. is Lois Lane. She is so good in that role. Um, I can't wait to listen to that one then that'll be great and i would say the bride of chucky episode was such a fun listen especially when you got into all the music and the soundtrack and talking about graham ravel's score for it and the drag heel i'm sorry the living dead girl of it all (laughs) and the zombie effect (laughs) terrific episode from start to finish was a great listen super fun so for myself at twitter i'm at mike underscore snoonian definitely 
gravitating more to Blueski. So I'm just Mike Snoonian there. I am at Mike underscore Snoonian on Instagram and at Mike Chump Change on Letterboxd. I think that's where you should follow me. Like definitely have more need more followers on Letterboxd. And I'm enjoying going through other people's lists now as well. As far as the show goes, you can follow us at Pod and Pendulum on Twitter for now. And also uh, go to podandthependulum.com where all of our back episodes are. It's very easy to leave a rating over there. So rate, review, and subscribe to us from there. Uh, Going to try to put up an author's page or a co-host page as well so we can easily you can follow along with all the other projects that our co-hosts are doing because between like really the eight of us now i think we are all doing some really fun work like steven with disenfranchised devon with specter cinema brian with movies for life i'm sorry if i'm misleaving anyone out like jessica with her, all of her writing walk and, here all yeah. of her amazing writing. nicole and bodies nicole of and bodies of horror like there's a lot of us and mm-hmm. uh you know we want to make sure that you if you enjoy us here you would probably enjoy us in other places as well If you've really enjoyed this episode, please consider becoming a patron. Go to www.patreon.com slash pod and the pendulum. Sign up there for as little as a couple bucks and get our bonus content. In July, we have a few things that will be really fun. Uh, Steven and I are going to be covering the 1946 noir classic The Killers, which has probably the best scariest intro for a non-horror movie that i've ever seen we have uh ariel and i are going to pick a night and cover sharknado as a little (laughs) uh fan commentary even though neither of us have ever seen the movie that should be interesting and i think there will be drinks may be had that evening (laughs) yeah many drinks may be had and i think we'll also do like another rental shelf later this month uh So that is it. We hope you've enjoyed this. We'll be back next week with Jaws 2, which is a rewatch that recently for the show. It's fun. It's okay. It should be a really fun discussion. We have two more Jaws movies after that. Lord help us. Then we're getting into some real questionable territory. And then I think we might even... Are we going to do the Saw trailer reaction when the Saw 10 trailer hits. I think we gotta, yeah. right? I think we'll do I'm going to need so. some place to put my feelings. <laughs> okay. So, so we, may, we uh, may do that. And then we dive deep into Saw for all 10 movies. Lord help us. Saddle up, strap in. Saugest, Sawtember, Sawtober. Wow. Saugest. Saugest. Yeah, it is... All right, on that note, we are out. Have a great week, everybody.